because we don't live in a world where everybody's right, okay? There's this, there was this phrase several years ago, my truth. Well, okay, it could be your experience, but there still is a truth that's objective. And sometimes we lose objective truth when we only make it about subjective truth. Welcome to the Called Forth Podcast. This is the place where we help ambitious women of faith to activate and break through the belief structures holding them back. I'm your host, Dawn Town, author of the book, Hashtag More Than Done, speaker, wife, and mama four. I'm going to show you how to go from stuck to called forth while connecting to the full expression of who God has made you to be and make this season your season in your life and your business. I believe God has called you forth from the very beginning, and this is your season of awakening and activation. You're listening to the Called Forth podcast. Right now, I am reading a book called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk with a group of ladies because we are using it to prepare for a conference that we're going to be speaking at and hosting and holding February of 2024. And I read a line this week that really stuck out to me. And I can't tell you what the exact sentence was, but it basically pointed to the fact that we need to evaluate what others' experiences is with us, which I know sounds kind of grammatically probably incorrect. So let me try to rephrase it again. It focused on or referenced paying attention to what other people's experiences are with who we are and how we present ourselves, how we interact with other people. And I thought it was really interesting. It's brought so much self-awareness to the way that I communicate. And especially in my own family, I was sitting down for dinner with the kids and my husband the other day. And one of my sons said something to me and I replied back. And then I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, I wonder if how he perceived what I said, because I got to thinking about how I had said it. And I'm like, you know, I, not that I feel like we should get wrapped up in trying to be perfect because I'm a big proponent of the fact that you can't control how other people perceive you. But the reason why this is being highlighted, I feel like in my own life is because as my kids have gotten older, and if you have older kids, I know you, I'm sure you've experienced this where they come back and they share a story and the way you remember the story is sometimes very different than the way your kids remember stories. And so even at this exact same dinner experience, my daughter had brought up something from several years ago and she goes, oh yeah, I remember that mom, you were so mad. And I remember saying to her, I don't remember being mad. Like, I don't remember being extremely mad, not in the way she was um, saying it. She didn't say it harshly or anything, but her perception was that I was really mad. And when I brought up kind of the context around what the story was about, my son had chimed in with like, oh yeah, this was going on, this was going on. And it kind of painted a picture of what was really going on. And so I don't remember being incredibly mad in this story, but in her world, she thought I was mad. And it brought me back to this point in the book how we need to pay attention to what other people's experiences are with us. Because although, like I said, you can't control how other people perceive you, uh, especially when it relates to parenting and kids, each of them has such a different personality. And the more you get to know who they are individually, the more I think we can be really intentional with the way that we communicate. And I'm not saying, you know, for my one daughter who said, you know, I thought you were really mad. She's very much a feeler. So I can say in this same tone of voice, no, you shouldn't do that. 
and she might take it really severely because she's such a feeler. Or as I say that in the exact same tone to my son and he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like he just doesn't have the same reaction. And so I've learned through the years and I'm still continuing to learn very much. So, uh, like smack in the face, learn that as different as our personalities are with kids, the way that we communicate with them in catering to their specific personality does matter. And this leads back to where I was kind of going with this. It's not that we're trying to create a perfect bubble for our kids because part of the goal is you are hoping to instill grit and resiliency in them so they can learn to adapt to the fact that not everybody's gonna have a kind voice when they talk to you. Not everybody's gonna have talk to you in the way that you were raised. So you're not trying to create a bubble, but you are also being intentional with what their experiences what their experience is with you based on how they how they're perceiving you and i think this is also important as it comes back to love language is one thing i've done an exercise we've done with the kids over the last well i think this was like two or three weeks ago is we walked through what their love languages were and this is something i had talked to them about you know well before then but this was the first like family sit down where we read through the descriptions of all the love languages and I wrote down what each of them were so that they could hear from one another. This is how I best receive love. If you've never heard of the five love languages, they are words of affirmation, gift giving, physical touch, acts of service, and there's one other one, acts of service, acts of service, gift giving, words of encouragement, physical touch. Of course, the one I'm missing, probably someone in my family, so what is it? So the five love languages are acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time and gift giving. And so in walking through that as a group with them, it was been really helpful to be intentional to know that we are going to go out of our way to keep that in mind when we're communicating or when we want to show or express love to them. Part of the reason why I think parenting is so humbling is because it causes us to really evaluate our heart and our actions and our intentions. And so if we're going to take this away from the parenting aspect of what our kids experience is with us, if you even think about what is your spouse's experience with how you're expressing yourself, what is your friends or your family's experience? And I think if we had a video camera on us the whole time, we could probably more easily look back and evaluate what our body language is like when we're communicating, what our facial expressions are showing. But of course we don't have the luxury of, and I don't even wanna use the word luxury because it probably would be a crazy experience to have a camera on you 24 seven like that, like a reality TV show. Cue the many families that have fallen apart due to having a camera on them 24 seven. But I think there's a good balance in evaluating and being intentional with how we're showing up in the world from the perspective of thinking through what is somebody's experience with me based on how I'm showing up. And the reason why I say there's a balance in this is because I'm not saying that you should conform yourself to looking and being and doing things a certain way as a denial of how God has designed you. You know, if you are somebody who is gifted in a specific way, I'm not saying that you shrink yourself down just to please somebody who's maybe insecure. So there's definitely an intentional way that I'm even speaking about this specific topic, but it's also evaluating in this balance of it all. How do I show up as God has called me to show up in the world, but then at the same time, 
be cognizant and intentional with how somebody else's experience is with me. Because I don't think it should be all one side or the other. And what I mean by that is, I don't think it should only be you showing up as God has designed you to show up with no recognition or understanding or self-awareness of how you're being perceived by other people. That's pretty narcissistic on its face. And I also don't think that it should be all about how other people are perceiving you. There's this healthy mix and flow of both. And you're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to execute this perfectly. But I think this is one of those, what I refer to often as tensions that we live in in life. And by tension, I don't mean necessarily a bad thing, but it's this space and place that we live in where we are balancing and evaluating both sides of things, showing up as God has called to, sh to show up and also being self-aware of what other somebody else's experience is with us. And I think this leads back to even a bigger conversation on culture because we are so divided right now in our country politically and culturally in so many different ways. You know, if you think about politics, Republican versus Democrat versus independent, these parties hold vastly different values, vastly different perspectives and opinions on things. And when we get into this team mentality of not ever considering the other parties or perspective of the other person, the other party's perception of who we are, we get lost in an echo chamber and don't ever really become effective in the greater message of building a world where relationships can coexist that hold completely different experiences. I know for me, somebody who looked at these pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas riots that happened across the U.S., where they were scaling the walls of the White House and they were chanting anti-Semitic phrases like, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And we saw all of this violent, hateful rhetoric even at these events where there was even a Jewish man who was killed. And when you see those things, it is hard to think about these op the opposing viewpoints, feelings or thoughts or ideas because for you, for, for me, for you, we're looking at this level of hatred and wondering where can there even be a connection with that? And it can be discouraging to think about you know, this is where we're at in our world. And then on there, and they probably look at us and they're making assumptions as well. And they can't believe that we feel the way that we do. And while I don't have all the answers for how we navigate something like that, I do think it's important to remain aware of our own messaging and how it's being perceived. I talked on last week's episode on the issue of abortion and how Republicans lost several seats in the last elections due to these this issue of abortion. And part of this, I believe related back to many conversations on the right where I heard that the messaging of these politicians as it related to abortion rights and the right to life as being not in tune with where the constituents were landing. And there's this fine balance, of course, because if you're somebody who's pro-life, you're saying, I'm never going to meet in the middle on a topic I believe is morally wrong. And I completely understand that. But whether it's culturally or politically, if we're never 
getting a pulse on what the other person's experience is with the messaging that we're speaking about. We're never going to have the language to then communicate and hopefully paint a picture that awakens their eyes and brings them to a place of understanding. So I think when we're talking about deep issues that affect our culture and that are creating these majorly divisive lines, the more that we can pay attention to what the other side is thinking and experiencing and feeling, the more we're, we on our side are going to be able to create a conversation that dives below the surface of the issue to really hit the heart of it. Because we all believe what we believe for a reason. We've all had different experiences that have led us to the opinions that we have and that we live by. So if you're somebody who grew up in Christian culture and your faith is a big part of who you are, there's a reason for that. Somebody who has decided to deconstruct their faith or leave their faith, there's a reason why they've done that. And it's not to say there's not a right or a wrong in that or a right or a wrong conclusion that can be drawn because we don't live in a world where everybody's right. Okay. There's this, there was this phrase several years ago, my truth. Well, okay. It could be your experience, but there still is a truth that's objective. And sometimes we lose objective truth when we only make it about subjective truth. So it's not to say there aren't two sides to every story in the or multiple sides to every story in all reality or multiple opinions, if we really want to get to the place where we are coming together as a culture, our ability to understand an opposing viewpoint and understand how we are being perceived in our viewpoint is a big part of how we are going to present messaging that is then appealing to an opposing party. And I don't even mean opposing party politically. I just meant an mean an opposing viewpoint politically or culturally. And even when I'm saying that you're going to understand that it doesn't mean that you're standing in agreement with that opinion, but it's going to bring a level of awareness that equips you to have conversations that connect versus divide. So I hope this conversation gets you to thinking a little bit deeper about how other people's experiences are with who you are and how you present yourself. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this specific topic. So that's all for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to talking to you next week. That's all we've got for this episode of the Called Forth podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also make sure to link up with us at www.dontown.com. That's D-A-W-N-T-O-W-N-E.com and on social media. And please just share. Share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you have been called forth.